What's going on, church? I hope that you are doing well, um, that you're able to survive uh, the crazy storm that we just endured. Um, but I'm excited for you to be joining us today as we have a new message called Choose Your Words. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I, I shared a message of how you know what we speak shows the condition of our heart. In today's message, Choose Your Words, we focus on how our tongues can shape our outcomes. So let me pray and we'll dive right in. Father, I just thank you um, that you look to assist us in, in every area of our life, Lord. And oftentimes we don't realize um, the power that we have within the words that we speak. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, that you would make us aware. Uh, Holy Spirit, just bring revelation. Allow us to see that places, maybe uh, the things that we've been speaking have been affecting us. And, and help us to do better, Lord. Uh, you know, we all desire um, to do better. Um, but we all struggle with it as well. Um, but you tell us through your word that, that you're willing to help us, that you're willing to renew our thoughts. And so we just come today before you, surrendering these things and just asking for your help and for you to move. And so we just thank you and we love you and just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Today we're going to be in James chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. So if you have your Bible, pull it out. If not, man, make sure to just go back and, and spend some time with the Lord and just reading it and diving back in it for yourself. But we're going to go ahead and start James chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, now many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a fire of flame. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it itself is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of wild animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and our Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olive oils or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Mm, that's a good word right there. And it all starts with this truth right here. Being human isn't an excuse. Too many times we like to bank on that. Oh man, I'm just human. Hey, I'm a sinner. No, no, no look. Being human isn't an excuse. In verse 1 it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. I'm sure you probably hear that and you're like, yes, Lord, I knew it. I knew you didn't want me to be a teacher. I've been waiting for you to confirm it. And now I finally have. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But no, no, we've got to slow down, okay? Because what James is saying is we need to take God seriously, okay? We need to understand when you are a follower of Jesus, when you've committed your life, we're supposed to be extensions of the kingdom everywhere that we go. We're all responsible for being image bearers of God. Because if you don't know Jesus, then those who are believers, who are Christians, 
are the ones who are to be reflecting his love and drawing people to him through their actions, through their words, through their life. And so when we do this, when you are a follower, we better come correct, especially if you're in a leadership or teaching position at church. James says it. He says, you're going to be held to an even higher standard because people come to you to be taught. And if God has been telling us to step into a position with greater responsibility, but we keep opting out of it like, man, you know, I'm limited. You know, I'm a sinner. I'm not that good. I'm not gifted in that way. Then it goes to show just how much we really trust the one who is limitless. Being human is an excuse. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls. So don't speak that. Don't say, oh, I just can't do it. I'm not. No, no, stop. Stop right there, okay? Because you listening to a person who has dyslexia, who has a rapper's vocabulary, and speaks street English, okay? I speak from the hood. I can't help it. It's who I am. And under normal circumstances, I shouldn't be a pastor. But thankfully, my father, our father, isn't normal. He's extraordinary. And he uses me despite me. And the same is true for you. We all can have excuses, but the only thing that they're ever going to accomplish is keeping you from experiencing the fullness of a life with them. There is no excuse. Amen. The next verse, it says, indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. God understands who you are. He's asking us to trust and understand who he is. He knows our flaws, our limits, our mistakes. He knows we are perfect, and he doesn't expect perfection. He knows me, Furman. I can't even tie the sandals of Jesus. But through his son, through the Holy Spirit, I can be led. I can be empowered to live like him. And the same is true for you. Because if I was able to control my tongue, and I was able to be perfect without him, then I'd be in huge trouble. Because that would mean salvation, me trying to make my way to heaven. That would be on my shoulders. That would be up to me to live up to God's standard of, of perfection. And there would be no need to send Jesus to give his life for us. But thankfully, he knows better than we know ourselves. And he knew that wasn't possible. And he knew as much as we want to live right sometimes, man, we just make dumb mistakes. And sometimes we even repeat dumb mistakes. And usually, it's just like in that verse, when we try to be God, when we aren't with God. Okay? And it's okay to ask for help. He wants us to. The only thing that's going to come from not asking for help is relying on ourselves. And we all know that that doesn't end well. So let's not be, let's not let being human be an excuse any longer, okay? From being who God created us to be. Let's get rid of that excuse. Let's get rid of that false narrative that isn't true. Uh, because despite who you are, man, God designed you with a plan, with a purpose, and he's looking for you to say, yes, God, you can use me. I trust you. I don't understand it, but I trust you. And let's do this thing. He wants to use you. So that's the first takeaway, okay? Being human is an excuse. The next takeaway is this. Small steps can equal big results. Small steps can equal big results. In verse 3 and 4, it says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small brother makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even through the winds, even though the winds are strong. You see, it's easy to get caught up and distracted when what's in front of you is huge, right? It gets our attention. It's trying to get to us. And it takes our focus off the truth. In the Old Testament, the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a prime example. 
You see, Israel was at war and their opponents, the Philistines, had a giant named Goliath who was taunting them, who was disrespecting God. And it's really had everybody shaking to the core because everybody looked at Goliath as unmovable and that he couldn't be defeated. But there was one person who didn't feel that way. And that was David. In the chapter before, we read about David, who was a young buck, okay? He's a youngster of his brothers, and often he was in the fields tending to the sheep and to the goats. But in this chapter, uh, he was anointed uh, to be a king one day of Israel by the prophet of Samuel. But before he would ever be crowned, God kept leading him to do little assignments. And David never complained. He just did what was required, no matter how little it was. Including this day in chapter 17, when he was instructed by his father to go and check on his brothers and take them some food. You see, David arrived and he heard the commotion of Goliath, and who had been getting everybody's attention and focus for the last 40 days. And David didn't understand how everybody was afraid and how they were going to continue to let him dis- disrespect God. But see, David understood no matter the situation in front of him or the size of it, it's never beyond God. God has been showing up in ways before that have been preparing him for things to come. And he ends up defeating Goliath with a stone. And even then, when he defeats him, he's still not made king yet. See, James is saying, hey, before you can see a huge change, before you can see a large movement, before you can see your breakthrough, before you can see the thing that you've been really just trying to work on, it starts with doing the little things. And even when the conditions are against you, your obedience and the details is what's going to help you on the days of battle. So those times that you're praying on your knees, those times that you're reading your word, those times that you're that you're praising, that you're worshiping, even when things are hard, man, that's what's going to get you when you have those days of battle. That's what's going to help see breakthrough in your life. That's what's going to help get you to the point, man, where you see your mind renewed and you see your actions and your thoughts changed in ways that you never could imagine. It starts with the little things. And verse 5 and 6, it says, In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set the great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a fire of flame. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Remember, we're talking about the obedience and the details, the small things. Just because something seems insignificant or small, it doesn't mean it can have a large impact. Our tongues are instruments of life and death that we experience in this life. And husbands, you should know this firsthand if you're married. Nothing gets a husband faster in trouble with his wife than the words that he speaks. And I know this from daily experience because a small compliment can birth large gratitude. But a small insult, man, that can start World War III in the house, okay? The things we speak matter. We just read about it, how it can set your whole life on fire. And we all know that none of us want that. But when we're careless with our words, when we speak out of our emotions, out of pain, out of hurt, out of frustration, out of misunderstanding, instead of the Holy Spirit, we are bringing and inviting destruction into our life. Have you ever seen somebody like, oh, man, I just struggle with Mondays, or maybe you're that person. You're like, man, it's just going to suck, man. They, they always suck. Well, I, I want you to understand the things that you're saying are affecting the way that you view it, okay? Because now you're going to have a negative lens to everything. So when things go opposite of what you desire, it's going to get highlighted as truth. And then you're going to be missing out on God has been working that day and how he's been moving in your life. It happens all the time. I see it all the time. But we don't have to choose that. 
When you speak life over your situation, you're saying, God, you still got this. Jesus, you won't let me down. I don't understand how this is going to work, but I understand and I trust that you're already at work. Church, we got to speak life in this. We got to be obedient in the details. We got to be doing the small things so we can see God do the bigger ones. Amen? So now that we understand that being human isn't an excuse, it takes the small things to see the large things happen in our life. It comes up to us. We have to choose wisely. In verse 7 and 8, he said, People can tame all kinds of wild animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. I know we all struggle with control, but we need to understand nothing ever gets out of God's control. There are some things in our life that are just simply beyond our abilities. And hey, that's okay. That never means that it's beyond his. See, because to gain control, we have to release control. That's a hard thing to understand, right? To gain control, we have to release control. See, when we don't do that, when we don't accept that, we're always going to be fighting against ourselves and getting nowhere fast. And James is saying, hey, I get it. God left you in charge. You're to govern the earth. But your tongue is like your heart. When it's relying on yourself, it's dangerous for your health and everyone else in your life. Not everything can be done on your own. And that's good news because God gives us a helper that is available. He sent Jesus. He sends us the Holy Spirit. But it all comes down to what you choose. Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to kick in your door. He's not going to knock it down. What does he do? He knocks. He doesn't force you to love him. He invites To gain control, we have to release control. If we don't, we're going to stay chasing something we'll never catch. We're going to become restless and evil and even poison ourselves in the process. But if we lease control, we'll gain control by the Holy Spirit teaching us self-control, giving us wisdom, giving us the right words to speak, renewing our mind, allowing our actions to match the things that we want to do for God. Man, it has to start there. In verse 9 and 10, it says, Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. (laughs) James is saying, look, man, we can't be okay living like this, speaking like this, thinking, well, you know, I I do more good than I do bad. It's not a big deal. God's going to forgive me anyway. It's okay. That's abusing grace that none of us deserve to get in the first place. When I first got saved, man, I was that person to the T. I thought everything was okay. I was like, you know what? God's blessed me with more than I could ask. Um, But I didn't realize that I was blinded and on the verge of losing it all. See, I went to church and I served and I thought, well, I'm doing my part. I'm doing more good than I'm doing bad. So even though I know I'm doing some things I'm not supposed to, man, God's going to forgive me. I'm good. And I'm making up for it, right? It's cool. God's going to forgive me. Church, I was living a double life. And I really thought I was living for the Lord. I was back to smoking weed and I was about to lose my wife and kids. And the sad thing was I was okay with it. It wasn't even a problem to me. Then one night, my wife Desiree got home from work and I went outside to get high and it came back in and it became like my routine. And she was putting the kids to bed and, you know, I told them goodnight. I didn't really think much of it. And she walks out with the kids and man. It's like God slapped me across the face, but not one of them slaps with the the palm of your hand. He gave me one of them backhanded slaps, okay? It it knocked me out, man. It it really shook me and woke me up. And he was like, man, what are you doing? You say that you're living for me. You're telling these people you're a Christian, that you're doing these things in the church. But if you remove those things, who are you really living for? 
What does your life really say? Are you living for me? Or are you living for yourself? Man, church, it really messed me up. He said, man, quit spitting in my face. Quit saying one thing but doing another. That's not right. It'll never be right. And, man, I, I broke down that night, man. I remember just crying and, and recommitting my life and saying, you know what, God? You're right. Like, I don't I don't want this for my life. I don't want this for my children. I don't want this for my wife. Like, help me. I can't help myself. Help me. And, you know, I, I share that. Not that I'm proud to tell that story, but it needs to be shared to know that doing these things and thinking that everything's okay, that I'm doing more good than bad, like it's not a big deal, a speaking both, of living both, it's okay, everything's going to be good. No, it's not, okay? Grace is not a free forgiveness pass that we can just use and abuse how we want. It's an extension of his love that we don't deserve, but he gives us anyway. So we need to be seeking his wisdom and choosing wisely. We don't want to be like that, okay, because it's not okay. Verse 11 and 12, he says, Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. We have to quit lying to ourselves that living wrong doesn't have consequences. That the words that we speak don't have impact in the things that occur in our life. Yes, we know that there's an enemy out to get us. But often, man, he steps to the side and he just watches us make poor choice after poor choice and then try to give him the credit. Man, God, I don't understand why things are working out this way. But we're never listening to God and we're still trying to do things our way, not the way he's trying to teach us and show us. Quit giving the enemy credit. Take responsibility for your actions, for your words. If everything that we're drawing isn't fresh water from the living water of God, well, then we have to be real with ourselves and understand uh, man, they were actually drawing from a salty spring. And God loves you. He wants to help you. He wants you to be aware. But it's not going to make the choice for you. It's up to you. We're all responsible for the choices we make. We're all responsible for our faith. We can't blame our parents, our family, our spouses, our church, our pastors. When we keep making choices and speaking the very things that are harmful to us, it's on us. We have to own up to it. We have to accept it. And we have to simply do better and seek his help for it. So my challenge for all of us this week, speak life. Speak life over yourself. When those negative thoughts come, get rid of them, okay? Understand, okay, you know what? Uh, Man, that's not from God. And I'm only going to speak and stand on what God says. And the way that you learn to do that is, man, you got to spend time in his word. And you got to learn to speak those scriptures, to speak that word over yourself, over your life, over your family, over your situation. And then, man, you got to spend time praying about these things. So when the days of battles come, like we talked about, you're going to be prepared. And even when you're going through it, man, you keep praising his name, even through the storm. Like, man, God, this sucks, but you are still faithful. You're still going to make a way. You're going to do it again because I've seen you do it before. Because here's the thing, church. If you don't change your behavior, then you're actually choosing your behavior. Okay, let me say that again. If you don't change your behavior, then you're choosing your behavior. And God is saying, let me help you with that. He's asking us to stand on his truth and not on our circumstances. And it happens when we give him our heart and also speak life. So we got to be working on this, church. We got to be better at this because too many times, man, we are the devil downers when we're supposed to be the ones that are the most uplifting, that are most hopeful, that are most encouraged. And sometimes we allow 
ourselves to focus on the storm and forgetting that Jesus is in our boat with us. So that's my challenge for all of us this week. Speak life over yourself. Do these things and watch how God moves in powerful ways and ways that you can never imagine. I've experienced it firsthand. I still experience it to this day. And man, I, I still come with an expectation to experience it. But it starts by understanding these things and then actually living them, applying them, and doing them. And then sharing them, man. We want to see all our family, our friends, even anybody, right? We want to see everybody have a life that is fruitful. And so we don't want to keep these things to ourselves. We want to help everybody that we can. But you can't help anybody until you learn to help yourself and get yourself right, okay? So let me just pray for us and we'll close out today. Father, I just thank you. Uh, man, just for the way that you love us and the ways that you meet us exactly where we're at and you don't condemn us. Uh, you say, man, you know what? I, I love you. Let me take that from you. Let me help you with that. And so, Father, I know sometimes we are stubborn. Sometimes we're hard-headed and we, we choose the hard path uh, whenever you have something easier. And then when we go down your path, it doesn't go the way we expect. And so we begin to doubt and question and make a mess of, out of a situation instead of just Reminding ourselves that you are faithful. Reminding ourselves that we need to be speaking life over the situation and standing on your truth and not your circumstance. So, Father, help us not use being human as an excuse any longer. Help us do the small things that are going to lead to large movements of you. Help us choose wisely. Help us speak life. So, Father, I just thank you. Uh, man, I just pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters that, that are hearing this message today. That you would move through their life, Father that they will receive what it is that you have for them, that they would release control and know that they're gaining control because they're gaining more of you. And that's more than we could ever ask. Father, we just thank you. We love you and pray all of this in your son, Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen, church. I love y'all. I pray you have a great week. Um, that you speak life over yourself. You speak life over your family, over your situation. And you walk in faith. You walk in love. And go be a light, because you are one. And remember, God can use you despite you. I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you all soon. Bye.